Welcome to the Teamwork Advantage Podcast with Greg Gregory. Join us as Greg interviews powerful thought leaders and successful team and leadership experts from across the country on teamwork, leadership, and organizational culture. Now let's check in for this week's episode. Welcome to the Teamwork Advantage, a podcast dedicated to the growth and development of teamwork, leadership, and culture. Hi, I'm your host and founder of the Teamwork Advantage, Greg Gregory. It's exciting to be with you to share some thoughts about leadership today. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was something that happened to me when I was in the fourth grade. Now, I don't know if you can do this or not, but if you can, I want you to think back to fourth grade. Did you go on any field trips? Did you do anything special? For me, that year, that set the tone for exactly where I am today. You see, six months ago, I moved to Annapolis, Maryland. Now, I've lived in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area my entire life. And in elementary school, we did a field trip. It was fourth grade. For me, I'll go ahead and say it. That was the spring of 1967. My father, well, one of the jobs he had was in real estate. and was one of the top real estate brokers. But he also drove a school bus. And that year, he volunteered to be the school bus driver from my fourth grade trip to Annapolis, Maryland, and in specific, the United States Naval Academy. Now, until that moment in time, I had been with dad and mom, and he had a boat here on the Chesapeake Bay just off the South River. And I grew up loving the water. I had a rowboat, not a canoe, not a kayak, a rowboat that I used from the time I was about nine years old, eight, nine years old. And I used that for about four years. Second year, dad actually bought me a little 15 horsepower motor to put on it. And I would go out and crabbing and catch a dozen or so crabs and cook them for dinner that night. I'd go swimming, diving off of a bridge, all in all, having a great time. And then in 1967, we took that field trip. Not far away, down here to the Naval Academy, not far from where his dad's boat was. I uh, was excited. I don't know what it was. I don't remember the trip that much. I definitely don't remember going through Bancroft Hall or into the dining hall. I don't know what it was. But something that day wanted me and triggered my brain to go to the United States Naval Academy, hence the shirt that I am wearing today, a U.S. Naval Academy shirt. I don't know why I wanted to go there. Maybe it was the fact that I loved boats and I wanted to please dad and do things like that. I just loved it. Loved being involved on the water. And I thought being in the Navy, that would be so cool. My dad had actually served in the United States Merchant Marines during World War II. But 
well, they're not even classified as active duty service members. So I fell in love with the Naval Academy. I started working towards it. And to get in the United States Naval Academy, you have to get a nomination from either one of your, your United States senators, your congressional representative, or the vice president of the United States. Well, by the time I got into my sophomore year of high school, well, let's just say I didn't have the greatest of grades. I uh, actually told people many times this, that I was in the part of the class that made the upper half possible. I was quiet and shy. Those who know me today would laugh at that statement. But back then I was quiet and shy, followed the rules. Well, I wanted the Naval Academy, so I put into my papers, I applied to my United States senators and my United States congressional representatives, and I actually got a nomination. I got a nomination to the United States Military Academy at West Point. Well, my heart wasn't in that. I had always had my heart set on the Naval Academy. So when it came time to go to Fort Meade, Maryland, for my interview and my physical, my PT training and workout, they could tell. They could absolutely tell that my heart wasn't in it. What about leadership? Can you tell when somebody's heart's not in it? Well, the United States Army could tell that my heart was not in wanting to do that. So, nomination in hand, I was rejected for the military academy. Now, at that time, I didn't even realize I could apply the next year to the Naval Academy. I didn't understand where prep schools. I didn't know any of that. So I never got into the Navy. My heart and soul wasn't in it. But my love of the Naval Academy has never diminished. Recently, I was reading an article in one of the local magazines here in Annapolis. And Vice Admiral Sean Buck, who is the current United States Navy um, Vice Admiral and Superintendent of the Naval Academy. He graduated in 1983 from the Academy. In that article, he was talking about leadership. And a couple of things that stuck out in that article to me was, he talks about leadership must be consistent. Well, You've got to be consistent. There's absolutely no doubt about that. One of the mentors that I had in my life was a gentleman who used to use the phrase, you must be consistent between word and deed. If you say you're going to do something, you've got to be able to do it, deliver it, and then live by it. That's in my mind, the definition of integrity as well, doing what you say you're going to do. When you say you're going to do it, even if no one's watching. That's what we're talking about. Consistency, integrity. The other thing Vice Admiral Buck says was, be decisive. How many of you guys have ever kept tweaking something, changing something, putting off making a decision because you can make a better decision? You, you need more information. Commonly referred to, I think, as uh, analysis by paralysis. There's no doubt about that. Great leaders understand they don't always need to be right. Superintendent Buck says being 80% right, right, 80% of the time, 
is really good enough. Don't get caught down with that paralysis. Be consistent in making your decisions and then communicate them to your staff, your followers, your leaders, everybody. We've got to be able to communicate those challenges. And more importantly, if it's not the right decision, we need to own up to it. We've also got to listen. One of the key things Admiral Buck was talking about in this article was listen to our people, listen to our subordinates, listen to our colleagues. Absorb information. Don't overanalyze it, yet be able to analyze it, absorb it, and bring it in. A great quote that I pulled out of this article was this. There are some introverted people. There are some extroverted people. Some people are louder than others. Some are more bold. Some are shy. These good ideas may truly exist with that introverted one who does not feel empowered to be able to speak up. Well, there's one person that can empower everybody at the table, and that's the leader. You as the leader need to make sure you're empowering the people on your team. That's the important part. Are you empowering those people on your team? Let's get back to my journey here to Annapolis. I wanted to come to Annapolis and live here for so long. Many of you that know me have been in my training sessions know that I was married for over 30 years and my wife passed away in March of 2018. In the spring of 2021, just about three years after I lost her, I made the decision to move to Annapolis. I came down here and I'm now living three miles from the United States Naval Academy. I've gone over and gone on base several times. Bought the shirt recently. Still, still enamored with the Naval Academy. The leaders that have been developed from there. I've actually interviewed a couple of folks on the podcast. Captain Charlie Plum, Commander Mary Kelly, both graduates of the United States Naval Academy. There's something about it being here in Annapolis that drives me to be a leader and be stronger. What are your plans? What are your goals? What are you doing? Can you think back to when you were in fourth grade? What did that fourth grade you want to do? The power of teamwork is absolutely amazing. The Naval Academy has produced many leaders. They've produced great team members. I want you to think about what you can do for your team, for your leaders. Are you living the best life you can? I'm here in Annapolis doing what I want to do. Still learning. One of the things I got from the article from John Buck, Admiral Buck says, always be listening, always be learning. 
I challenge you. What are you doing with your team to help them learn? What are you doing to help develop and grow yourself? Maybe it's podcasts like this. Maybe. Maybe it's training. Maybe it's attending conferences. Whatever it is, always be learning. The Teamwork Advantage is dedicated to helping you learn. And once a week with the Teamwork Advantage, hopefully you get a few skills, ideas that you can implement immediately. Until next week, remember, having a good day is just being average. And if you know me, you know being average is just not good enough. Make sure you make this week excellent and exceptional. Take care. Bye-bye. This has been the Teamwork Advantage with Greg Gregory. To learn more about how Greg can help your organization develop a powerful winning culture, visit teamsrock.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-R-O-C-K.com. Be sure to join Greg next week when he interviews another exciting and powerful thought leader on the Teamwork Advantage. Until then, as Greg says, make sure you have a great week because a good week is just being average.